you can take some of these things from comedy and bring them into your professional life. And it's all of a sudden it, yeah, it provides levity. It provides fun. And, and in fact, it made me more effective in what I was doing. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about how you can bring the principles of comedy to work with you, get more creative, have more fun, and drive greater results. To help us, we have with us Chris Tabas, co-founder of Venture West Consulting, a sought-after speaker, and author of Comediology. Chris, thanks for taking the time and welcome to the show, even though it has taken us forever to get this done. <laughs> but yeah, but better late than never, Chad. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> so before we jump in, we always like to start with uh, an interesting question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. So what's the most impactful story in your professional career? Maybe something that changed your trajectory or continues to serve as a, as a touchstone today? Yeah, I think, I think what changed my... Well, by the way, uh, this is the same thing that changed our trajectory. So, so for your listeners, we were trying to get together earlier. And I think, Chad, your, your son decided to chew through the audio cords or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Borrowed cords when they weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. So on that, on that same note, my kids were the same inspiration. I, uh, I was so miserable at work. I was just, you know, living to, uh, to appease my upper management and kind of do what I was told to do, but there was no fulfillment. I came home and there was a chunk in the door. Like, uh, like it was like a solid, bathroom wood chunk or door and there was a huge chunk out of it. I'm like, what is going on? And I thought the kids did it. Well, it turns out it was my, it was my wife that did it, but, uh, <laughs> but she was like, she's pretty tough. You don't want to, want to be on the brunt end of that. No kidding. <laughs> she's knocking, she's knocking holes in doors. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, she said, you're so miserable at work. I couldn't handle it anymore. I just, I had to get the energy out. And, and through that process, I was thinking about what I was doing. It really woke me up you know, thinking about, I was to work, I was making good money so I could have my kids go to college so they could be, Oh, the same as me. And I was like, Oh, I, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, I'm setting them up for, for failure, even though what I thought was success. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do something, if I want them to live for their dreams and, and them to be fulfilled, I'd better figure out what does it for me. And that, and that is sort of the foundation, the pebble in the, the pool, so to speak, that pulled out all the, all the changes. So three-week delay, which is ironic, that the same, you know, ultimately for our kids. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and so how, do we, so how do we get to Venture West Consulting from there? Well, so, so through this process, I was figuring out, you know, because I, I was busy, right? I mean, you know, when you have kids, you're... You turn into a function. Your your life is a function, right? <laughs> I love it. I've not heard that, but I'm I'm stealing it. I'll attribute it, but I'm stealing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know how it is, right? You're like you're a father or an employee, or if you're lucky, a husband needs, right? Like that that is your life, but there's not really, you know, you 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 have to search for the fulfillment. And so what I did was really look for things that made me fulfilled, that made me happy, that brought me joy. 
even right. if it what didn't make sense. I mean, it, when we're in our, our adult life, it's like, well, is that what's the return on investment? And it's like, no, I, I was looking for things that brought me joy, and comedy was one of those things that brought me joy Th- through that process. You know, weeks and months and y- literally years. It was like it brought levity to my life and it brought direction to my life that I had not anticipated. It gave me courage. And, and ultimately from that, I was an employee. It gave me the courage to start my own business. And so that's where Venture West Consulting came from six years after I was doing comedy. There were some more details that I'm leaving out, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so you were doing... So I want to make sure I'm following here. So you were doing... You went out and did stand-up comedy. I did stand up comedy. I started in, in 2010 and I started doing, I was horrible, but you know, it brought me joy. And, uh, and then I was, yeah, I actually did it in the closet, so to speak. I didn't want to, I was a, I was a corporate guy. I was almost, you know, it, it was a, reported to a C-level executive on the executive track myself. I was like, Oh, I can't. And <laughs> this is, and so I came out of the comedy closet and yeah, so it was over years that I was doing stand up comedy and then, yeah. And then founded the company. Nice. And then now, now the book, Comediology. Now let's, you know, it's interesting because if you, if you pay attention, if you inhale too much social media and the news, right, the world can seem a very dark, dark, horrible place at times. And yet you're focusing on comedy, which is an infusion of, of levity and, and laughter and joy and challenging thought at times too. Where did the idea for the book come from? Was it the love of, was it the combination of the love of comedy and starting the business? Yeah, it was. And just for the record, I put my lips on social media, but I, I didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, you know what it was? It was, it was after realizing, starting the company and realizing that, hey, you can, you can take some of these things from comedy and bring them into your professional life. And it's all of a sudden, it, yeah, it provides levity. It provides fun. And, and in fact, it made me more effective in what I was doing. And I was like, I'm like, well, what if other people are feeling miserable, feeling like they're not living up to what they, how their kids are going to judge them in 30 years from now? Like, what a great gift to give to somebody. So that I just started, you know, taking time out of my everyday life to write down my thoughts and write about how this had helped me and ultimately published the book. I think it was three or four years after I had started the company. Okay. All right. And so when, when people read the book, when they pick up the book, what's your hope that they walk away with? What, what's the, you know, what's a successful reader for you? Yeah. A successful reader is, is getting, you know, there, there's a lot of, of ultimate, there's a lot of lessons within the book. Basically it's a, I, I consider it a fun business book, but ultimately I hope they walk away is that they have a point of view. You know, comedy is funny that way, right? It's like when in business, if somebody asks you to do an analysis or somebody wants you to come back with a recommendation, I think in this day and age, we feel so much pressure to look at a uh, an analyst report or look at what the industry's doing or the powers that be. What do they say? And we forget about ourselves. We forget about what we think. Well, in comedy, you can't go up there and say, Hey, wasn't that funny what the guy before me said? No, like you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you need to bring a point of view and you need to say, I like, I like dogs. I don't like cats. I like my family, but I don't like, uh, uncle Jay. I mean, whatever it is, the <laughs> who likes uncle Jay? I mean, come on. Not really? I mean, we all have one. <laughs> 
and so, and it's the same thing in business, but we forget about it. At least I did in, in a fortune 500 company. And so I hope, I hope ultimately after reading the book, they walk away with, I have value. I have a presence that can help these situations, but I need to get in touch with that. And not only will I have more fun in my career and life, but I will actually be more effective because what I bring to the table is unique and it can add value to whatever situation I'm in. I think that's, I think it's amazingly powerful and important. Like everybody should, should be able to respectfully present their perspectives. And I think you're right. A lot of times people just put their head down, do what they're told. Don't think about what it's doing to them and or the way they're presenting inside of an organization. And so it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. I had a gentleman work for me once named Jay Mays who did stand up comedy in Florida for a while. He now runs a company called Pitch Lab where they work on bringing comedy into presentations. Like how do you own the room? What are the, what are the foundational points there? But you mentioned in some of the stuff that you sent over principles of comedy. So what, what are those? Cause honestly, I mean, I love stand-up comedy. In fact, I just watched, uh, rewatched the Dave Chappelle. Thing. Well, that probably says too much about me than people want to know. But I watched the Dave Chappelle <laughs> thing the other night, and, and I'm, so I'm curious. I didn't didn't even dawn on me that there may be principles or a foundation upon which it's all built that can be leveraged other places. So, what are those principles? Yeah, I think I think from a very you know top level, I think comedy is truth. I, I really, I really do. I think that's why it, it's funny is because it resonates with us. It's, uh, you know, when you hear something that's funny, it's like, oh my gosh, that's, uh, it's just, it just, it makes us laugh because it's, it's said, the truth is said and it's put on the table in, yeah, in kind of a, a funny way, but it's, you know, that's why we appreciate it not only in comedy, but we appreciate it in business. When we can tell when someone's sugarcoating stuff, we can tell when someone isn't being authentic. And that's why comedians, I think, are so refreshing. That's why it's so refreshing to hear the truth in business, especially when you're talking to a salesperson or like, you know what, I'm going to be real with you. We're not very good at that. But where we are good is this. And you're like, oh, <laughs> it's refreshing that guys like actually, you know. And so I think it, when you so high level, it's truth. I think when you break it down, it's being authentic. It's being your true self. What's true for you? I mean, how many times have we walked into a corporate situation or dealt with people? It's like, well, I'd I'd love to help you out, but you know, the manager chat, it just you know, like, like, what? oh yeah, it's somebody else. It's not me. It's right? Not me. It's Wait, them. like, are you the owner? Yeah, I am. But the manager will get mad at me. No. That, <laughs> I think it's being authentic. It's also, there's a component of being creative and tapping into, and there's, and there's tools and methods to do this, but it's tapping into how you take on a creative solution, what you're doing to build your, and I call this the creative, your creative 401k. You know, it's like you save every week financially, you put money in your 401k, but what are you doing creatively? What are you doing to, there's a, a vision or a passion that you have, what are you doing to get in touch with that? I think that's another principle of comedy. In other words, you can't show up on stage with nothing, <laughs> just like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? Um, you've <laughs> got to have something. You've got to bring something to the table. And I think that's true in comedy or business. So that's another principle. Another principle is humility, right? And I get so asked so often, what is the proper comedy that you can use in business? And it's the same on stage, believe it or not. It's a lot of it is, and you can get away with it more obviously on stage, but it's, you know, the self-deprecating, it's uh, stuff that, you know, you, you, it's really hard to point a finger, especially in, in corporate America, you'll get in trouble. 
But even in, in comedy, those aren't the comedians that last. If you take a comedian that's like, oh, look at that jerk, look at that, you know. Yeah, there's a few of them, but for the most part, the long-lasting ones and the ones that have an impression on us over years and, and decades, you take Robin Williams, a very sincere yeah. person, very, you know, hey, I'm, what do I know? I'm, you know, just authentic and true to himself and humble. So yeah, and, and, and there's more, uh, there's definitely more lessons in the book. Those are a few to give you a taste anyway. Yeah. And so, I mean, authenticity, humility, these are all, um, actually authenticity for me, it has felt like a buzzword for the past few years, but I understand the importance of the concept, the ability to connect to another human being to, to share the human experience, let's say. So I, I have no problem with self-deprecating humor. I'm two divorces in, and I use that joke all the time. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Tell me the truth. Cause I'm, I'm two divorces in. So <laughs> I, you know, I'm good at closing. I'm not good at account management. So, you know what I mean? So we want to make sure that, that it, the self-deprecation is authentic as well. Well, I'm curious, are there ways that you suggest teams can internalize these principles? Because the authenticity seems very individualistic. Is there a way to create a culture or drive an environment that, that celebrates and brings out and allows people to be authentic? There is, but I do want to ask you, Chad, you, you've actually dating and putting people, uh, you know, people in the funnel, you know, I like, I like that. You're like, Hey, you're in the lead, but you could get to the 40%. Oh yeah. Hey man, I, you know what? I, I, I learned my lessons the hard way. I, it's a numbers game and, uh, yeah, there are certain things I'm not going to do again. Like I'm not getting married again. It's too expensive. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to outsource, uh, service services. <laughs> right. It, yeah. So it's mostly not management. legal, mostly not legal. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, there are definitely things you can do. We have uh, workshops and exercises that are different than you would otherwise. It, it's a, it's a different muscle to do, but there are things that can definitely reinforce, for example, authenticity to one of the things is you have to create the culture. And so it's a different mes message sometimes if you're talking to the culture sort of creators. And I'll say the, you know, starts at the top. It's, it's almost a, a culture of saying there are no bad ideas and let people say what they're going to say. Because the minute you cut them off, they're going to be, they're not going to say it again. I mean, who's going to say that? Like, that's, that's dumb and, you're, and, we, and it's going to go on your review. Oh, let me give you another creative idea. <laughs> yeah. um, so for them, there's certain things that you can do. For example, you could have a, hey, let's hear, let's go, I'll get together. I want to hear the worst ideas that people can come up with, right? It's, it changes. It's like, oh, well, I can come up with a stupid idea. It's fun. People are like, it, and, it, and it gets, builds that muscle. Hey, I can volunteer something. It's stupid. It's supposed to be stupid. We get rewarded for stupid. But ultimately, you come up with a good idea, believe it or not. Aerosmith did this. Like, hey, what is one of the stupidest things that we could put on a on a on a record or a song? Uh, Love in an elevator. Jamie's got a gun. <laughs> this is uh, it just, and it started with this premise of let's come up with the with the most stupid idea. So there's different certain things that you could do to change the culture. What that's one exercise. So for the people themselves coming up with things, there's a process that's called ranting. So we get people in a workshop. We just ask them to rant. And what ranting is, if you've never done it, it you, you sit down and you literally just write. Just write, 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 write. And it, you don't worry about grammar. You don't worry about punctuation. You don't worry about anything. It's, it's, it's head. What's in your head to paper? The sky is blue. The dog is black. And you just go, go, go. Pretty soon, 
what will happen is your internal editor that is like, no, that's dumb. Don't put that. That girl is going to, you know, and, and you just start whatever you think you say, and you come up with these really creative ideas because that editor's gone. Then what we do is we ask people to like, okay, now get up on stage, if you will. I mean, it's a room, it's an exam, but start saying those and get comfortable with your point of view, get comfortable with people receiving those. Cause it's interesting what happens, Chad, once you start doing that, it's sort of magical. All of a sudden it's, Hey, I'm bringing a new different idea and people are laughing or people are understanding people are gelling. I'm connecting with people, something that a lot of people in work, at least what I was doing is like getting in front of people and like, okay, the upper management wants us to do this. It doesn't make sense, but I need it by Friday. <laughs> it's like, it's a different experience. And it really awakens that creative part of you inside of you that, that you, we've all been kind of repressing in our left brain society. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially and think about all the digital onslaught that just saps saps it. I watch it in the kids. I watch, you know, you try to ask them for a creative thought and they're like, oh, well, I saw this thing on TikTok. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't even want to talk about TikTok. Don't get me started on my conspiracy theories about the damn app. But how about let's, let's have a conversation about it. And I think honestly, I, I run into it a lot where people aren't familiar with how to connect to another, to be authentic and truly connect with another human being because of all of the, the left brain society that we're living in. And I think this becomes extremely powerful to help them get rid of that internal editor. I'm going to actually, I'm going to try it this afternoon just because I'm, I'm always up for something new and I'm, I'm totally fine looking stupid. It's cool. I got that. I can handle that. It's no big deal. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and if you can do it, if you can do it, the more potent it gets somewhere between two to three days in two weeks. You know, a lot of people think about, I want to be creative. I want to start my own thing or I want to do something differentiated in the company that I'm at, but they don't know how to get in touch with that creativity. They're like, well, what do I do? That process, don't even think about what product am I going to create or what, what offering. Just do that somewhere between two to three days and two weeks. I, I guarantee you, you will have so many ideas come off the, the paper that it will astound you. It, it's a really amazing process that, um, yeah, we don't do enough of, but it, but it's getting in touch with you. You're right. You're, it's not that looking at your iPhone. It's not watching TV. It's not, you know, reading Twitter posts. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably should ask in the beginning, Venture West uses these principles to help organizations. Give me, I should have asked in the beginning, help me understand how Venture West brings this to life. Yeah. So, so Venture West, uh, we are a company about, we're all about transformation. So it could be a technical sort of landscape transformation. Maybe they're implementing a new customer relationship management and, you know, we need to get the funnels in there so people can start dating kind of thing. But, you know, maybe it's like (laughs) (laughs) we're implementing Salesforce or Oracle or SAP or Workday, or maybe there's a new policy or process that they're implementing. So we have people that are, that help with that transformation. It could be program management or change management or, or, or process. Those people really, it, it helps to have this levity. When you are really taking principles of comedy, connecting with people, understanding why you're up there. Another principle of comedy is that, you know, so many times uh, when I started comedy, I would just deliver a a what? I thought it was all about memorization and regurgitation on stage, as romantic as that sounds. But <laughs> <laughs> what I found was 
it really is more about connecting with your audience. And it's funny, Chad, when you're up there, you know, I've used jokes when I just told the joke, it didn't, it didn't go over. And then I've told the joke and I've actually muffed up the joke up on stage, but I acknowledge I'm like, well, that was, that was God awful. And people laugh because I was connecting with them with the intention of having fun. And so bringing that to, you know, it's it, one, it's a philosophy and how we go about our transformation. And so to help our clients with that transformation, bringing that philosophy. The other thing we specifically do is, like I said, we do these workshops. And so, you know, everything, every principle that we talk about in comediology, there is a workshop and, a, and, and specific exercises for, like, for example, the ranting or getting up on stage or there's improv exercises. But there's things that you can do to awaken what took me years in comedy to really kind of understand and apply to business, you can do, you know, in a matter of hours. So we've really taken that, condensed that, and then offer workshops in, in that capacity. And, and so do you approach your audience differently based on their kind of natural positions, like introverts versus extroverts, right? Introverts may have a hard time being so exposed or being so vulnerable or authentic, whatever you want to call it, do you approach them differently or, and should managers and people working to implement these approaches approach those individuals differently? Or is this just a human approach? Yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's you, you, just like with a comedic audience, you need to know your audience and it's, and it's funny just to comment on this for a second. So I live in the Bay area and I, I perform, sometimes I perform in San Francisco. Sometimes I perform in San Jose. The exact same joke will work in one area and it won't in another because <laughs> maybe it's crazy. And you're like, well, this is only like a 30, 40 mile difference, but the attitudes change. And so very quickly, you need to kind of understand your audience and be authentically authentic with yourself. I mean, I'm not going to talk about beauty pageants. Cause if you look at me, you'll see, I know it was never in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but yeah, but yeah, to your point, you need to be true to who you are. It's all uh, authenticity and connecting with the other person. But if you're authentic and you're, you have an intention of connection, it's funny that people more so than I ever thought possible before I got into comedy, people can feel that intention even before any words come out of your mouth. But it's, and it's how you connect. If you, I mean, you've, and, and I'm sure you felt this, right? From an introverted person, you know, they just might nod and maybe acknowledge you, but it's, wow, they, that person, for them, that was really special. That was really a connection. But if you got that from the, you know, Charlie, the sales guy, who's, you know, who's <laughs> like, he'd be like, what's up, Charlie? What's going on? And so, yeah, it's, it's that how you connect to the other person for you. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, anyway, to answer your question, absolutely. It differs by the person and it's very humanistic and unique to that person. Well, and it requires a level of, of emotional intelligence or ability to understand and, and I don't want to say analyze, but be able to tell, um, diagnose your audience, right? Diagnose the individual, understand where the other person is coming from. So it, it requires... I, I believe, unless I'm wrong, this ability to understand, okay, this audience, you know, is in Sacramento, they're not going to get this joke, but the Bay Area is going to love this or, or whatever. But you have to be able to understand the individuals that you're dealing with. And it needs, I would think needs to come from a place of respect, especially in a, in a business environment. So it's that 
back to your comment about the culture of what's you know what's what's the worst idea everybody's got in the room uh, and making it okay to be flawed and and different yeah exactly and it's and and making it okay to be yourself as well i mean if you're an introvert you know you get up on stage and you kind of look at the audience and you're like you know well hey i was born without a tongue so i'm not going to say a lot and <laughs> i mean being that self-deprecation on yourself and and people i mean that's it, it's funny one of the one of the best examples i can think of and this was on stage but it just is was such an example to me this 85 year old guy he his name was remy and he was uh he, he literally they had to help him chad they had to help him on the stage and he you know this is a guy who's not going to be animated he's not going to get up there and be your andrew dice clay for those of you that don't know andrew dice clay very loud very right. in your face top. yeah a lot of people a lot of what people i think generally associate with comedy sam kinnison that kind of thing they helped him to the stage he gets up there he's shaking and he said you know he talks in a really gravelly voice and he says uh <laughs> My name is Remy, and I am the oldest new comedian ever. And then he, and then he goes, uh, he goes, um, I, I just had a stroke. And, and in the audience, you're like, oh my gosh, like what? And like, are we, like, you just, you're like, should we leave? And like, hey, bingo, what's going on? And he goes, and he goes, uh, and I went to the doctor and he said, I had a bad case of disinhibition, which basically means I don't give up. And, <laughs> and for him, that was it. That was his truth. That was the way he said it. And it was, it completely turned the audience. People were, were howling for this guy. And he just, it was magical. And, and that's what it was a lesson for me is just being yourself, being true to who you are, speaking the truth. People love it. People, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. It's a great message. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each interview. The first is simply as a, as, as a you know, business owner, as an executive yourself now, that makes you a prospect for sales professionals. And I'm always curious if somebody doesn't have a trusted referral in, they don't have you know, somebody that you trust introducing them, how do they capture your attention, trip your curiosity circuit and earn 13, 15 minutes on your calendar? Oh, so if, if they don't know oh, how, how they get an in, yeah, um, yeah. if they don't have a referral, how do they, how do they, what works best? What do you find works best for you when somebody's trying to get in front of you to have a conversation, but they don't have an in? I find these emails, uh, that, you know, that, that with a subject line, I, I caught you surfing porn are really effective for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think, uh, what, what really gets my attention is, um, Something that is humorous, that is unique, that is okay. So, uh, it, just an email like, "Hey, are you are you still eating?" Uh, in that case, you want to grab some lunch or some just something <laughs> that is like to me that I they, that is unique to me. Hey, I, I noticed we have something in common. Um, they've done their research, and it's not just this three page email about why I want to watch their video. You know, it's <laughs> it's unique and it's and it's authentic from me to them or them to me, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And so last question, we call it our acceleration insight. There's one thing, one piece of advice you could give to sales, marketing, professional services, people that if they listen to you believe would help them hit their targets, what would it be and why? Again, I would go back to the principles of comedy. I, I would say, uh, 
having an opinion and being authentic, particularly for a salesperson, you know, I, I love the salesperson. I don't, I don't want the salesperson who is the robot. I want the salesperson like Chad, if you're selling me, it's like, you know what, Chris, I like this and here's why I like it. And I don't like this and we don't do this so well, but we do this and they give me the good and the bad and the ugly and they make a recommendation. They have a point of view. That's what I love because there's so many choices out there and there's so much stuff. I want to believe in that one person, you know, whether a waiter or the, the person at the front desk, they have no idea what's going on in the background, but they're like, Chad, I got you. Right. And they take care of it. And that's, can they, can, you don't want to order this. You want to order that, you know, and not, not being bossy, but being having a point of view. I, I love that. And that's, that's what we trust. That's what we believe in. So again, principles of comedy apply to that, that sales process. I love it. All right, Chris, if a listener's interested in talking more about uh, comediology or these principles, or you want them, they want to get in touch with you, where should we send them? Absolutely. I am on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on comediology.com, venturewestgroup.com. And yeah, I, I'm on fire. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Feel free to contact me. I, 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 you can find the book on Audible or Amazon. And I, I love hearing from my listeners or readers. So feel free to reach out. Love to hear from you. All right. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It's been great having you on the show. Chad has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm glad we've finally got to connect. <laughs> All right, everybody that does it for this episode, check us out at b2brevexec.com. You know the drill, share with friends, family, coworkers, strangers on the street. If you like what you hear, do us a favor, write us a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.